So they have to win eight of their last 19 games to avoid losing 100. Before anyone goes nuts celebrating a four-game sweep at Cincinnati. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins, where you found this. Pirates 10, Reds 4. Pirates with their first four-game sweep since... Hang on, I I actually got to look this one up for you, because anytime they do something like this, it just feels like it's extra super special. You know what I mean? And yeah, they haven't done this since 2019, like against anybody. They haven't done this under Ben Charrington and Derek Shelton at all. And if you'll recall earlier this season, they swept somebody for the first time in like two years or whatever it is. Hey, look, they're easy prey. Okay, this is the lowest of low-hanging fruit when it comes to our city sports scene, uh, ripping on the Pirates. But, but, when they do something well, and I believe this across the board when it comes to covering any team or any subject, you got to give it to them. You got to give it to them. This was a convincing series victory that involved, was really built on, actually, if you think about it, younger players who could have been, arguably should have been, part of the equation all summer long, not just at the end. Instead of wasting our time and everyone else's with all these Van Meters and Yoshis and so forth. But, but, you know, it came later on, and these players are... They're making a mark. You're seeing O'Neill Cruz really kind of begin to step out as a productive hitter, not just a powerful one on those occasions where he'd make contact. You're seeing Rodolfo Castro. I'm sorry, man. I don't care how inconsistent his defense or anything else is. If you're still talking about that sort of thing and trying to judge whether or not Castro is going to be an everyday player, you're ignoring the very obvious edict that exists right now in baseball across the board. The bat will play. They will find a place for him if he can hit. And boy, can he hit ever since he's come back up. Cal Mitchell has looked like, I don't know exactly what, But it's worth finding out. And the pitching, I guess this is the one cringy component to this particular series because the Reds look just so awful and non-competitive at the plate. And it's not like we in Pittsburgh wouldn't know what that looks like, that it's hard to judge. You know, on one hand, like I said on yesterday's show, you see Luis Ortiz throwing 100 miles an hour with a wipeout slider, and you recognize that that would be a tool that would be effective against pretty much anybody on the planet. But when you see a lot of these other guys who haven't had as much success over the season shutting somebody down, it makes you, yeah, okay. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. 
The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800 degree stone and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun. It's a great meal and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern right across Federal Street from PNC Park. But here's the thing. Winning is okay. Now, I have brought this up a time or two over the course of the 2022 schedule. And that's because I believe it. I believe that winning contributes toward development. And when you ask Charrington this on the record, he will agree with it. He will say that we actually believe in that even as they're coming up the ladder. And you've seen that to an extent because he'll stack certain rosters. He did it with Greensboro last year. They tried to do it with Altoona this year in hopes that there will be successes, team successes along the way so that they can learn more about players' characters, how they work with each other, how they contribute uh, to the team doing well on a daily basis, how professional they are in their conduct when it comes to that sort of thing. But at the Pittsburgh level, the value that's assigned to it is close to a zero, and I'm not being dramatic here. When you're putting guys like the Yoshis and the Van Meters and all these bullpen scraps that they've picked up along the way, and you're throwing you know, Dwayne Underwood Jr. out there in a a, a close game in the later innings. And, and I understand it's been tough on the back end of the pen, so that's kind of an easy target too. But you've seen so many situations this year where it wasn't taken seriously. And to me, that was a lost opportunity. You could have had these kids, not all of them. Some of them did merit going back to the minors. But you know, to Cal Mitchell's point yesterday, whether he intended it as criticism or not, when Cal Mitchell said that one of the things that he had to battle was front office decisions, well, there's a couple of things he could have meant. One was that he was exposed to the Rule 5 last year, probably didn't appreciate that. Another was that he kept getting sent down. He'd come up, he was hot in AAA, and he'd do well for about a week and he'd go back. Now, I've laid some of that at the feet of Andy Haynes, the hitting coach, but You could also just stick with him. You could just stick with Mitchell. You could stick with Diego Castillo. You could stick with Rodolfo Castro. You could stick with guys who've come up and done something as opposed to sending them back and then throwing these Yoshis and Van Meters out there. Nothing in Pittsburgh, almost nothing, almost nothing, meant anything to the front office. And you can go ahead and come back with all your various nutting stuff or whatever. I I get that, okay? And it's not wrong. But I'm looking at this from the baseball perspective. And it it's not okay. It's not okay. I can promise you that the players who boarded that charter flight from Cincinnati to New York yesterday felt a lot better about themselves after those four games at Great American Ballpark than they would have if those games were just thrown, if they were just, you know, big tryout camps, extended spring training to see what you could get out of random waiver wire pickup. This season always, always, always needed to be taken more seriously at the Pittsburgh level than it was. When we come back, J1Q.
comes from Christopher Conlow, who asks, If I was a young player coming up, I sure wouldn't want to be in the pirate system. Would you? Constant shuffling, playing waiver guys instead of young players, delaying service time, lack of defined roles, etc. You know, there's two ways to look at that, Chris. One is what you just said, none of which I'd argue with. And the other one is, man, this is the land of opportunity. And I'm going to tell you that in my dealings with younger baseball players and the most influential figures in their lives, that of course being their parents, and for that matter, their agents are somewhere right at the same level. All they want is to get to the majors. They honestly, honestly, Chris, don't care how or with whom. The objective is to make it to the top level. No one, not even players who are drafted in the top five overall picks in a given year presume that they're going to make it to the majors. They know that the odds are, I want to say the odds are against guys who are in the top five. The odds are in favor of those guys, but it doesn't go much deeper when it comes to this category. They want to get to the majors and a part of, a big part of what they feel is an obstacle toward getting there is a deep system or being blocked. And that even happens on the ladder on the way up. You'll have a player who's profiled to be, let's say, for example, nothing other than a second baseman because he can't play short. You're not going to put him in the outfield and he's, I don't know, let's just say he's not tall enough to play first base. So he's a second baseman. He's going nowhere if the guy at the level above him at the same position profiles the same way. That's the sort of thing that they look at. That's the sort of thing that they're fixated on. This, what you're describing is more of a, don't take this the wrong way, but it's more of a fan thing. It's like when fans ask questions like, do you think the players in the minor league system, da 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 about Bob Nutting, they, they don't even know who he is. They don't even know who he is. They're baseball players. All they're thinking about is getting to the majors. So when you're in the Pirates system, if there's an overbearing negative perception of any kind, it's going to be a positive in this scope. Does that make sense? I'm not saying anything here to stick up for the Pirates or their developments or anything. I've been critical of it all year. I'm just saying to your question, what you're asking, the prospect doesn't think that way. All they want to do is get here. And then once they're here, and this is what you heard from Mitchell, they want at least a reasonable chance to show what they can do instead of having the plug pulled out from them every time they'll go one for 10 or something. Does that make sense? That's really where I think this was. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Tomorrow.